When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. From NBI Studios, this is Truth and Justice, a crowdsourced investigation in real time. I'm Bob Ruff. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Truth and Justice. This is your Friday follow-up episode for our latest bonus episode where I had Andrew Collins on, a self-proclaimed crooked cop who has seen the error of his ways. We are joined by our new permanent host. You know, we're going to have to talk, Janet, about now that you're the new permanent host of the show, if you start introducing the show Ooh, moving forward. I don't know. people. That might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. It might be like a the thing where they're like, I was okay with her sitting in. I don't need to hear her right. voice at the beginning of the... That's unsettling. Right. The that might be unsettling. Yeah. That I want to hear. Uh, we are going to be on, uh, YouTube live here shortly. So hopefully that'll work out. We've got some, we, we've done a lot of technicaling this morning. Uh-huh. Cause is that we, a word? A lot of technicaling. A lot uh, of technicaling. Zach is here in the studio with me, but also on Zoom. This so is going to be fun. I can see him on my screen and I can see him right over there. So, and we got a bunch of questions from you guys and there was something else I was going to say, but uh, I guess we'll get to it right after this quick commercial break. Texas Ranger James Holland is a legendary interrogator. They call him the serial killer whisperer. You can't hide those indications. And that's why yesterday I knew that you did it. But now shocking interrogation tapes reveal how the super cop really operates. And that's why they asked me to come in because I'm special. From something else, the Marshall Project and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Smokescreen. Just say you're sorry. Listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, real quick before I throw it over to Janet. I, we never do this. I'm the worst at marketing this, but I feel like after, especially with Janet on board now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the once a year pitch for our Patreon um, just want you guys to know that at the $5 level, if for $5 a month, you not only get all the episodes ad free, but I, I know you guys know that there is a, the, the, like a pre-show video for Patreon. I don't think you realize that it's an entire other show. Like it, it is a conversation. So we, so the pay, for example, this week, the patrons saw one hour and five minutes of me and Zach and. Janet just just kind of shooting the shit for before we start the show. So it's so it's always like uh it's it's not you're not missing any content about any cases or anything important like that, but it's uh it, it's I think it's I think it's quite a bargain at $5 at Patreon. That's all I'm going to say about that. I you and should then, say uh, it more. Uh, may I? You should say it more because I always think that. I always think it's, it comes at the very end of your podcast. It's mm-hmm. kind of incidental. Maybe people have already like moved on cuz they got to go pick up their kid or whatever. And they're missing out the fact that they can support you on Patreon. And uh, you were the first podcast I ever supported on Patreon. I couldn't wait to get on board because I love the work you do. 
And I, I don't I wouldn't even care if there were no other benefits other than knowing that I was supporting the work that you were doing. Um, used to be I was paying Mike's salary. I, it's that's gone. So I don't know. Um, no, no, he's still with us. Point yeah, being, right. <laughs> no, point being, it's just something that I, I've always been really proud of being a part of. And I don't I usually don't I didn't get the chance really to watch any of the pre-show uh, follow up videos and stuff. And I just even just having the ad free episodes and knowing that I was helping out uh, you guys was was worth it to me. And so I think you should say that more. Um, and I'm not benefiting from this at all. I, w- I don't want anyone to think that suddenly I'm on the other side of this and I'm raking in those <laughs> hot Patreon dollars. In. Not at all. But uh, but I think you should. I think you should talk about it more. And you should talk about it during the show opposed to tacking it on at the end because you should be proud of what you do. Goodbye. Well, I appreciate that. It makes me feel icky. So that's why I, I don't ever. I'm happy to be that person <laughs> on your behalf. <laughs> I'll be icky for you. Our marketing and promoting director. Um, somebody hasn't been around for a while because the first thing they just typed in the YouTube chat says, where's Mike? Long story. Oh. Listen back a few episodes. Um, and with that, Janet, you're up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do know that there is a, a live event coming up that we should probably give a quick shout out and reminder to folks. If they are in the Grand Rapids, Michigan area, you're going to be doing a live show April 16th with the captain. You can get tickets at CaptainFathands.com at events. I'm really glad I didn't say Captain Fathands. I have heard you say it before. (laughs) Therefore, I knew it was Captain Fathands. CaptainFathands.com slash events. Can you remind us really quickly what that live show is going to be? I believe it's more than just you and Captain. Tell us. Yeah. Also, Kelly Barron's Brink from the True Crime IRL uh, podcast will be there. Uh, it's going to be the two of us, uh, the three of us on stage. Uh, there'll be some um, on a pr- uh, presentation. It's hard to really nail down, Captain, on exactly what format we're going to be okay. doing. But it'll be it'll be ad lib. There'll be a lot of Q and A. So I think the doors open at seven. Show starts at seven thirty. Got about ninety minutes of the show, and then meet and greet afterwards, which means basically we're going to come down and just have drinks and hang out uh, with everybody that comes afterwards. I know. I think he said the VIP tickets were sold out or almost sold out. There's still um, some regular. The the theater holds 400 people, and I think we've I think there've already been you know over a couple hundred seats have sold. So there's still some left if you want to get in there. Uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan, April 16th. Awesome. Now I, as a listener, listened to the Friday follow up last week and heard you throw me under the bus in explanation <laughs> as to why and Mike, of course, <clears throat> as to why the there might be a one week delay on the start of the brand new season. Uh, so thanks for that. Can you tell us and remind us when for sure the new season is going to start and uh, what can we look forward to this Sunday? Uh, Easy question. When we're going to start next Sunday. So next Sunday is absolutely season 12, episode one. New case is coming next Sunday. It would have been this week if it weren't for Janet, which, by the way, she's taking a week off after her first week on the job next week, which is the reason why we can't have a. That's not true. I mean, she's she has other obligations, but there was just a lot going on. Um, is why we pushed it back another week. Um, this week, I, I don't know. I, I, I want to go through the West Memphis three, the new response that Damien's attorneys have about the DNA. Uh, that's not a whole episode's worth. I was kind of thinking, I guess I'll ask some of you guys in the YouTube chat right now. Um, I thought about just doing like a, a live session where I'll go through some of that stuff and just field some questions. It'll be more follow up y, but because the thing is, I'm, I'm like into, I'm in the middle of writing episode one of season 12 right now and i really don't want to unplug and then write a whole nother bonus episode and i don't have any interviews lined up so uh if you guys are interested i may do it on youtube or may do it on the facebook uh fan page just do like a live session 
Q&A type of deal for this week's follow our bonus as our main episode on Sunday. So you guys let us know as we're going on chat if that sounds interesting to you. But either way, well, there'll be something coming out this Sunday. And then next Sunday will be season 12, the beginning of season 12. I would love to say I never mind just a general like update on how everybody's doing from past seasons. I know you don't always have full on updates. And I know you've had some follow follow up with people like Jesse and stuff. But, you know, I always love a little quick, you know, I can't can't tell you know, can't tell you much about Sandy. But I, you know, I know she's doing OK. She's da, 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 like anything. Again, not a whole episode, but I always, you know, sure. we're always thinking about the Truth and Justice Army is always thinking about everybody and wondering how everybody's doing. So never sure. bad to pop that update in my opinion. Yeah. And I see somebody says get Liz from on for a few for season six. Uh, I was talking to Liz just just yesterday. I don't know. I have, I have to see if that's possible. Liz is actually, I can't. Well, I can't really talk about that too much. Liz is busy, uh, Great. working on Mom's case. Nice. Still right now, uh, all good stuff. So I don't have a lot of time to get to to get Liz on, but we can we can certainly talk about Sandy's case a little bit. Miranda says a live episode would be great, and shout out to everybody who threw some information out about Mike to Miranda, who was panicking, and I, I don't blame her. I don't blame her. (laughs) Okay, great. Uh, So the next bit of feedback uh, sounds like there's been some (laughs) love. Sounds like there's been a lot of love. You know why? Because it was a compliment to me and I got uncomfortable. Like, oh, no, I can't. I'm a a part of this compliment. I can't speak. Uh, You made a wonderful new follow up logo. Uh, We took photos separately. Everyone knows Zap wore the exact appropriate appropriate shirt for that <laughs> for his participation in it i gave myself some permanent tattoos uh mm-hmm. yes i did use liquid eyeliner no it was not photoshopped and then i forgot to take it off <laughs> and perfect strangers were like what is wrong with you <laughs> those are really <laughs> bad tattoos story. uh listener bonnie described the scene <laughs> i'm just reading this for the, only the second time and forgot about it listener bonnie described <laughs> the scene as goldilocks with hell's angels and I have to say, I love that. Suzanne very astutely wants to know if Zap is wearing one of Bob's shirts in the photo. The answer, I believe, is he certainly is. Yes, he is. I yeah. sure was. Yeah. I felt like I was wearing my dad's clothes. Weird. <laughs> uh, along the same lines, Jeremy, I love this. I love some Frankensteining of photos. He would like someone to please Photoshop Bob's arms onto my body. I'm all for it. I would love to see that. And then I would love to buy the action figure. <laughs> yeah, I'm already working on it. Uh, just uh, make sure you check Instagram and uh, Facebook Friday when you're watching this. I'm sure we'll have something up for you by then. Great. Great, great, great. <laughs> uh, now, m- kind of moving into this last episode that we had on Sunday uh, with Andrew, the uh, self-appointed crooked cop, right? Mm-hmm. Ali wants to know, sounds like there were some mixed responses on the fan page uh, following the episode. Um, any thoughts on this? You want to talk about that? Is this a good time for the three of us to kind of get into it and check out some YouTube comments as well? What do you yeah, think? So th- we, we definitely had some uh, very positive and very negative responses to Andrew being on the show on the fan page. Um, and I don't think anything got out of hand. Were actually, I jumped into some of the discussions because I was I was really kind of curious. Some of the people that that like just I think one person said that I will never. I will never listen to an episode he's on. I will never read an article written oh, about him. I will not read it. Like, really hated him. Okay. Seemed really strange and over the top. 
to me. So, I don't know. Well, they later on, I, I had I had some discussion later on. They kind of explained their feelings, and I understood them. But I'm curious, like like what were you, Zach? You were the one that suggested I reach out to Andrew. Oh, nice. I didn't know that. Well, yeah. So I mean, this is this is from where we're at. I mean, I grew up here. I grew up in these towns. I. You know, in the in the interview, he talks about there was a civil unrest in 2003. I worked downtown. I worked a block from where that was happening. Mm-hmm. They actually shut down where we worked and used our facility as like a headquarters, mm-hmm. like a police headquarters. So, I, I mean, I remember it plain as day. I mean, it was there's been racial tension through that area for a long time. So when his story came out, it, you know, it's it's exactly what the, the story's been the whole time. White cop, black guy gets in trouble. Right. White police set him up. You know, it, it's a it's a story that you've that you've kind of. I don't want to say it's always true, but you hear it. You hear mm-hmm. that example a lot. So so that's why I wanted you to talk to him because I knew this was such a big deal. And I remember I remember when this went down and when he got out, they they did this whole story about him. And it was it's really fascinating. And I loved how he really opened up in this episode. Because some of the stuff I hadn't heard before, but where he literally went through and talked about the things they were doing and the ways yeah. they were manipulating the system to make it work. I, don't, I hate to say fascinating because it's it, probably not the I correct I think it term, was fascinating. But it was it was intriguing for sure. I think it was fascinating. I think, you know, the one of the things that immediately jumped out for me, not to just like cross pollinate podcasts, but I as he was as Andrew was talking about what they were doing and the sort of um, civil like the seizures, I was like, oh, this came up in one of the seasons of Undisclosed. I racked my brain. It was season three with Dennis Perry. There are a couple of great episodes. If people are interested in this happening or hearing more about it happening um, in other places, uh, there's a great episode about that in the Dennis Perry uh, case where um, Camden County in Georgia, they just sit on the side of the road facing south because all the drugs come up through Florida and go into Canada and all the money comes down through Canada back down into, you know, Mexico or Florida. Um, and so they just sit there and they let the drugs go. So rather than stopping the drugs from being sold, they let the drugs get sold and then they seize the money and then just use the money for their department. And so that really that that really stood out to me. And I thought, I'm sure this happens so many other places, especially because, you know, Andrew was quick to point out that was more impoverished police department. And so here you start feeling like you are the superhero, right? Like you're Robin Hood, you're robbing for the, you know. And and then it distorts and distorts and distorts. And the next thing you know, you're, you know, putting people in prison who are entirely innocent of crimes. Yeah. A lot of the um, the negativity came in that that he is profiting off of what he did because of like the book that he did. And I think, first of all, I I don't know that he is. I don't know how this like the the son of Sam Sam Laws. I don't know how that would relate or if it would relate mm-hmm. to him because you're not allowed to profit off of committing a crime. Right. And 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 beyond that, he's he's the third co-author of a eight dollar book. Well, and from what I know of the whole situation, it's it's more the the story between their relationship between him and Jamel. It's more about the forgiveness right. and they're yeah. rebuilding their friendship. I, I guess I guess I can't say rebuilding their friendship. They didn't have a friendship, but but becoming friends and rebuilding that relationship. I don't think it's I think it's less about the crime and more about that. I Yeah, I read the book uh, a few years ago, the first time I saw Jamel and Andrew speak. And, it, and to me, the book is um, is about Jamel. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, for it, I guess you don't have to be a person of faith. I mean, their their particular faith is is Christianity, but it could be anything. Sure. But, you know, it, 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 it that's the, the it's the story of 
Jamel's ability to forgive and, and be able to move forward in a positive way. Uh, and certainly Andrew's a part of that story, but that's, that's what the book is more about. I mean, you hear the, you know, the facts of the case within the book, but really it's, 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 it's Jamal is the hero. J- Jamel is the hero of that book, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, the way that it's written. I'll tell you the one thing that I wish he would have talked about, and I've heard him talk about it when he was speaking before, is is that interaction, that first interaction he had. Uh-huh. He, you know, he, he briefly touched on the episode, but I, I've heard him speak on it before, and he said, you know, I thought Jamel was going to hit me. And uh-huh. honestly, it would have been better than what he did. Because right. at the time that they had that interaction, he had his son with him. And he said, explain to my son why oh. I was gone for three years. Right. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy. Well, yeah, you know, it's, it's rough. Brian in, in in the chat, Brian says, you know, he owned what he did. He didn't give himself up. But once his back was against the wall, he came clean about everything. And that's I mean, that was really clear to me, too. The only thing, you know, it was funny because you had mentioned to me we were texting before we recorded this and you mentioned, you know, there were some mixed responses. And so I did that thing where when I listened to the episode again, I started trying to imagine why there would have been mixed responses and, and mm-hmm. projecting. And one thought I had was that he is so matter of fact. Andrew's told this story so many times and part of owning your shit. Pardon my. Am I allowed to? Anyway. uh, But part of owning (laughs) part of owning that is this sort of frankness about it and this sort of pragmatism about it. And I think sometimes people and I don't know if this was anything that happened in the chat, but I, I could imagine that someone would think like he doesn't even sound that sorry, like he's saying the words, but he sounds so kind of factual about it. And. To me, it just that's that's like, well, yeah, that's that's part of what the the service that he's doing in his life is he has to be really matter of fact about it and say, you know, I had to confront the fact that I felt like I was a horrible human being and I had really, really hurt people. And, you know, that's not always going to come with tears, especially if you've committed your life to telling the story to as many people as possible. Yeah. Just a thought. And that's the I think he's exhausted by it in a way. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, like, I reached out to him. That was the other thing. People were like, he came on to shill his book. He didn't do that. I reached out to him and asked him to come on. And I told him that I want to tell people where to get the book. But, you know, I said, look, you were... You did some horrible things. In our work, we cover wrongful conviction cases where where oftentimes we have we're dealing with corrupt police officers. One thing that you almost never have the opportunity to hear is a corrupt police officer explain to you how he did it yeah. and why he did it. And so, so I, I I talked yeah, so I t- I told him ahead of time, that's why I want you to come on. And 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 that's that's not an easy thing to do. I mean, he's basically coming to a group of people 
who really don't like like I mean nobody does right but our group especially really don't like corrupt cops and say hey that's me I'm the crooked cop and this is how I did it this is why I did it this is what I think needs to change and and certainly he's not he's not perfect but I I appreciated him coming on and the, I'm sure you guys know this but like I don't pay people for interview like like he, he didn't make any money off of this at all it was just you know I told him here's an opportunity to help educate people and he and he agreed to do it and I was appreciative of it. I also thought it was interesting. I mean the parallel that he drew between, you know, that really stood out for me when he said, you know, it felt almost like the high that you get from doing drugs. Like understanding mm-hmm. that that thin blue line, you know, it's actually maybe not so dissimilar. You're writing parallel if you're right. if you're a criminal if you're a criminal cop you are really riding parallel to decisions that people are making, quote unquote, on the other side. And if anything reminds you that it's human beings on both sides, surely that's, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah, yeah. he's also a broken human being who totally, like, took his environment and distorted it or was distorted by it. It, you know, it, I, I don't know. I, I, I really, really liked this episode and it felt so important to the rest of the work that you do to have that voice in there and to be reminded like this, you know, whole creative articulation thing. Like, it's nice to have that terminology because I feel like we talk about that a lot on this podcast and others about wrongful convictions. Like, there's just a lot of creative articulation going on in police departments across the country with much less, you know, bad intentions than Andrew came to have. You know, it's it starts and then it's a slippery slope. Someone's like, well, we knew he had killed him. What were, you know, all we had to do was say we saw him make a furtive gesture. Is that really that bad? Right. You know, it's good to hear and that, that stuff. That's so important to like hearing like, like, I mean, he, he was giving us instruction. Like when you're looking at a case, look for these words. Yes. In the report. Yes. Yeah. And he, he said exactly that. He said he was really surprised at looking at cases over and over again from all over the country that they use the same terminology, even though they were never taught that terminology necessarily. They use the same terminology over and over again. And he said, basically, if you see that, it's a lie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Katie in the chat mentioned that, too. Like, yeah, now we have we have more tools. We just got more tools to mm-hmm. deal with and address that stuff. Um, and, and Marinda, this kind of started us off with with this conversation. But uh, Marinda said, I feel like this recent episode was turned into a do we like or do we dislike this guy instead of using it as a learning tool on police misconduct and the way uh, to educate more people who don't really believe that these types of things occur in the police force. I totally yeah, agree. There, there was de- there was definitely some of that, and then there, there's always any anytime anybody mentions the, any kind of religion or faith, whatever it is, there's always seems to be some. I, I, I'm I'm sometimes I, I'm surprised at folks not being willing to accept someone else having a different experience. I mean, I actually heard it had some feedback when Kim Ates was on. And and she said when she said, you know, that was God, mm. well, it's, it's OK to not believe in God. everybody's got their different their different things. But I actually had some feedback like I think it was like I can't listen to this. She's saying it was God when really it was the work of all these people. And, you know, like that that stuff frustrates me, whether it's it's, you know, whether it's it's Buddha or Wiccan or or Muslim or Jewish or Christian or atheist or agnostic or whatever it is. Like, I just I just hope that we can. See past, and there, we did get some feedback about that. You know, when he mm-hmm. said that he found that he said he found God, that people were didn't like that. I just so I just I guess I would just encourage people to say, listen, it's we've got to be able to accept whatever somebody else's own beliefs are and not jump on that. 
you know, I thought his story was really interesting. I really enjoyed the story, but I was listening to it more for the information that he was right. passing on to us. Because I think that was the more important part of this episode. Right. Wasn't that his story, wasn't this forgiveness story. That's a great story. But I think the information that he was providing us as the Truth and Justice Army was way more important than than the than his personal journey sure. through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and just to really quick touch on what you said to Bob about this idea of faith, you know, that's it's we, we all have our own roads. I'm not a religious person particularly, but I do feel like I have a lot of faith. And, and I think a lot of the people who listen to this podcast have faith. It might just be faith in people. Um, but right. for, for a lot of people who hit rock bottom, whether it's from an addiction or from criminality or some other experience that really takes them to kind of what they, what feels to them like their lowest point. One of the things that is a tool that they are given, speaking of tools, is this idea of just giving up like, you know, I'm not responsible for everything. I'm not the best mm-hmm. because I did this thing and I'm not the worst because da da da. It's like you have to own your stuff. But you also for some people, it's very freeing for them to let go. Right. And let this idea right. of something else being at play. And if that's what saves someone's life and gets them off drugs, or if that's what someone that's what brings someone to a place where they're being more of service or they, you know, they want to educate people and, and give us this information, like Zach was saying, is so valuable, then, you know, that's just their road. And you, you can sub out that word for whatever you want. But it's, you know, but I understand it. I understand it. But I also feel like, yeah, we got to be OK with it. Yeah. Or just not. Well, and I guess some things are triggering for certain people, but it was right. like when I was recording the interview in the moment he said that, you know, I found Jesus Christ or however he put it, like I knew in that moment, I was like, there's a, there's a segment of my audience that is, that is done with him as soon as he said that. And I, and, and I, and it would have been the same if he, if he said, you know, and I found Allah or, or, you know, wh- whatever the case may be, whatever his, th- whatever his thing is. And I just hope that we can get like, okay, that's, that's his journey. That, that doesn't really take away from the rest of whatever we're listening to. Yeah. Anyway, that's my, that's my little soapbox. Uh, no, I agree. There's some some uh, chat going on where there are a couple of questions coming up about if if we have more information about how his relationship with his former co-workers, you know, the fact that um, he did have that experience and is telling that story, if there's much conversation about, you know, current stuff. I know he mentioned, like, he came clean about everyone that he felt like ever did anything like that. And mm-hmm. then he and his partner were the only ones who left. So some folks in the chat are wondering, like, oh, I wonder what his relationship is like with former coworkers now or if he has one and, and stuff like that. But do we know that? I would guess not great. I know a lot of like so this is the, this area where he's from. Like I I trained probably every single person that he's talking about in driving because I was a an instructor through the fire department and I was also trained to teach people to drive emergency vehicles mm-hmm. and Benton Harbor Police Department switched over years back to a public safety department where they cross-trained police and fire. So I trained all their cops how to be firemen and how to drive fire trucks. And I worked in the neighboring town where I was the fire chief. So like, yeah, it's, I, I I don't know uh, how it is. I, I'm, I'm certain it's not good. He testified against his partner. And, and he also named names with everybody else too. The FBI just didn't do anything with all of them. And that was what he was kind of frustrated about. And I don't think it was why only me. It was – like, do you, you really said care? you wanted to change it? And yeah. But does that unsettle you at all that you might know some of these guys who are still working the job who may or may not have, you know, or calling a, a furtive gesture from time to time that may or may not be happening? Oh, yeah. As I'm listening to him, I mean, granted, there was already people 
that work for that police department that I already just 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 know that I don't like this person. Yeah. Like like and then so as he's talking, I can like I literally have names going through my head. I'm like, oh, I'm certain that he and him and him and him. I know the guy that uh, that completed suicide with that. Like I know who that was. But I'm just like, oh yeah, I, I I can totally see some of these guys doing that. Some of them I don't I don't know, but yeah, I just can't imagine that they're super welcoming of him. Right. Brian asks, uh, and we've kind of talked about this, but do we also do we know if Jamel ever received compensation from that lawsuit? Was he a part of that lawsuit? Do we know? So I I do not know personally, but I actually received a phone call yesterday after from a listener that heard Bob's episode that knows me and knows I'm on the show actually has relationship with a person that was part of that lawsuit. And, uh, you know, he talked about that it was a multi-million dollar lawsuit, but actually there were so many participants in it that they really didn't get paid out uh, a lot. It's not really about the that. amount you would think. Uh, you know, it, it was a hefty amount for every day, but it wasn't what you would what you'd want it to be or what you expected. Yeah, because it was a class action suit, right? Yes, so it was like yeah. one settlement that got split right, right. between probably probably made some lawyers rich and then got split up. Mm-hmm. I mean, he said he has like 68 cases of his, right? Something like that? Something like that. It Something, was over yeah. 60, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, so so the amount, you know, wasn't as drastic as you'd think it would be. It's yeah. not yeah. life-changing for sure. Uh, one of the things I just popped in my head I wanted to, I wanted to address, somebody in the fan page was really unhappy with, with him where he said that most of the people, other than Jamel, as far as he knows, were guilty, in fact. Whereas Jamel was was an innocent guy. Like, he literally was just getting milk for his kid, and he framed right. him. And certainly, that like, that, I could see why that would, that would make someone mad. And it may still make someone mad, but I, I do want to clarify what he meant by that. And it was – what it is is all of those other people, at least as far as he remembers when he reviewed the cases – were like so if it was a drug possession when he arrested that he never planted evidence on them right. right so like when he arrested them they did have the drugs or they did have whatever the the offense was they they were guilty of that crime but the reason that he told the FBI about it and they and they overturned all those convictions is he had cheated to get to that point so so he had falsified warrants he had said that I saw the CI make the make the drop when he didn't, um, so that he could go make the arrest. But he, but but that that's just what he was saying is when he went in and actually arrested these people, they did have the thing on them that they weren't supposed to have, whether it's a gun or it's drugs or money or whatever. But th- so they were technically guilty of the crime, but it's all fruit from the poisonous tree because he lied about how he did it, and that's why they all got released. But I, but I mean, he was. It was. It wasn't just him saying, "Well, I think everybody else was guilty," and he wasn't. He was just saying from his procedurally what he did, that he framed an innocent man in Jamel, and he cheated and lied about search warrants on, with the rest of them. The only thing that's concerning about that is, and I'm just going to probably speak for other people, is is just that he was very upfront also about being sure that he remembered the Jamel thing correctly and that he was also guilty. So the fact that that particular person had advocates coming back and then he had to be reminded like wait a minute though you thought that was clean but xyz like what if i'm just devil's advocate what if there's 20 other people who didn't have the resources or who pled out because they felt like they didn't have a choice and they just didn't have that advocacy 
what if someone else had jogged his memory about even one other case? That's, I think, the concern. It's a little bit, again, that slippery slope idea of like, uh uh-oh, I hope that is true. I hope it it was. I mean, all of it's a mess, but. Yeah, and that's fair. And and, and to be clear also for my. Like it doesn't make it okay. Like those, those, and we've said this time and time again in our case. Doesn't make it okay. Those people, whether they were guilty or not, should not have been in prison and should, like, the violation of those constitutional rights are core to what, what will make our criminal justice system work. You cannot do it. I would rather see someone walk away with, uh, and again, from this time, we're probably talking about people carrying bags of weed in their pocket, right. which is legal here now, by the right. way. Um, you know, so it's all, you know, there's, that's a whole nother discussion on whether it should be illegal to begin with or any kind of drugs. But, um, I would rather have somebody walk away having committed a crime, air quotes, like that than for any kind of constitutional violation to lead to their arrest. So I'm, I'm not defending those actions right. at all. I was just kind of clarifying what he meant when he said that. Right. Got it. Um, we touched on this a little bit, the question about whether Andrew was making profits, the, uh, appearances. Uh, the insurance company that paid out the settlement did the police repa- department receive any of it? I think those are all questions we just don't really know the answers to ourselves. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, I know. I think part of that question was if if any profit that Andrew made, if like the insurance company that paid out the lawsuit would like have like a lien on that money. Okay. I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I think that um, I, I know that beside his jail sentence, he was fined like ten thousand dollars. I think I read in, read in the book, uh, but no, I don't think that they had access to any of the money. And again, I don't even know if he really made any money from the book. So, can we talk about his jail sentence for just a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, is it flooring to you that that he went in front of the same judge for the same crime and got eighteen months when Jamel got ten years? Well, that was it's Josie's not. question. Yeah, that was Josie's question. If you don't mind, I'll just throw that in there too to give her a quick shout sure. out. She says, "Was Andrew's case tried in a federal court or state?" I know that. Uh, I know that a mandatory minimum, even for a first-time drug offense, is ten years, one hundred and twenty months federally. Was Jamel tried federally, and is that why he got ten years versus Andrew's eighteen months? I heard Andrew say, "Same court, same judge," just like you said, Zap. Wondering what level of court it was. Yeah, well, it was federal court, and and to, to answer your question, I'm not surprised at all. He's a white guy. I mean, mm-hmm. this is there is such a, a disparity a disparity between in, in sentencing between black and white people, between rich and poor people. It's disgusting. And he, I think he mentioned that a little already. He said, you know, that's a that's a topic for another day. We talked a little bit after the interview, but it was already long because these are some of the things that he that he's advocating is like that's ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. he knows he's aware of the fact that it's complete bullshit that he had the same drug crime from the same court and only got 18 months, it, especially because on top of that, you know, here's 60 other times that he did, you know, that, that he cheated. And, and it, it might be like you could you could go so far as to charge him with, I don't know, kidnapping. He literally locked people up in us in the cell be, because of his crimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because he was the white cop, he got 18 months. And, you know, the black guy without the resources to hire his own attorney from the streets gets 10 years. It's stunning. It's stunning. We've seen that um, go back to season two, the, the Kenny Snow and Ed Eight's season. You know, so Kenny was charged with armed robbery, not even armed robbery. Uh, I'm trying to remember the details of it. But essentially, the state, the, the state convicted him of punching a man in the face and taking $1,200 out of his pocket and running away. 
no permanent injuries or anything like that. Punched him in the face. Not that I didn't, not, I'm not saying that that's a not, that that's you know not a big deal. Mm-hmm. Sentenced to forty years in prison. Wow. There's another famous case, and I can't remember the details of it now. But David Dobbs, the same prosecutor, prosecuted a wealthy white man who had, in cold blood, murdered his mother, threw her over the stairwell. They actually, 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 he actually had to try her, try him twice. But for insurance money, premeditated and cold blood murdered his like seventy year old mother, like put a VCR in her hand. There was like there was like a, a forensic files or something about this episode, but or about that case. But like put like a VCR or something in her hands and then shoved her over the stairwell to murder her, and he got twenty five years. Convicted Ugh. of first degree premeditated murder for profit. White guy. 25 years, Kenny Snow punched a guy in the face and took 1200 bucks out of his pocket, which whether he did or he, that's what he was convicted of. 40 years. Same prosecutor, same judge, same court. <sighs> yeah. So would you ask me if I'm surprised by it? Am I appalled by it? Yes. Absolutely. Am yeah. I surprised by it? Not at all. Yeah. Don't let me forget uh, CrimeCon. I just wanted to get to that at the end since we... When okay. you gave me these questions, there were a different order, and I don't want to like, I don't want to harsh the mellow of this conversation by throwing that in. <laughs> but I'm scanning yeah. down past it, so don't don't let me forget that. Um, Mike says I liked hearing from him and his story. What wasn't discussed is if he named names. I think we do know that he named some names. He he learned yeah. many things from someone and had others encourage him to bend the rules. Did he testify against them? As bad as what he did is, it seems really incomplete for others in his story not to get in trouble as well. Yeah, like we just so he did. He testified. He named names for everybody. You're talking about a part a department also that had like seven cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a small department. Um, named names and te- and did testify against his partner, um, but the FBI never brought charges against the rest of the officers. Yeah, with lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rebecca says, how do we protect ourselves against this type of police corruption? Are there any steps we can take other than knowing our rights and asserting them to minimize the damage caused by these tactics? Great question. I wish I had a good answer. I mean, number one thing is to know your rights and and stick to them. Never speak. We've talked about this a million times. The only word you should ever say to a police officer asking you questions is lawyer. That's it. Never, ever talk to the police without a lawyer. But in in these cases, I mean – Shit, I I don't know. I mean, the, you when the, when the cops know, and that's kind of what he opened our eyes to, 
the cops know how to screw you over even if you don't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and how do you fix that? I don't know. That 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 fix has to come from the other side. It That's does, gotta but, come. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, like we talk about this on the podcast all the time though, is that the the accountability can come from a lot of different places. And right. in some cases, doing podcasts like this and, you know, spreading that word of mouth and creating a <laughs> I'm not a big fan of like some public shaming, but the accountability of leaders and the accountability of people we Mm -hmm. hold to a standard that they absolutely have more power and absolutely should not be able to get away with this stuff. Yes, it has to come from the other side. Part of that is like that accountability of, you know, we're telling the story. We are getting those tools, knowing what to look for, speaking out when we hear about situations like this. The more we can communicate that with each other the less easy it will be to do that, right? Yeah, for sure. And that and that's why, to me, it was very important to have him on. Because I imagine you're a crooked cop and, you know, you think you're doing all you've, – you've got all these tricks up your sleeves to to be the big hero of the department. And then now here comes Andrew Collins that's going on a, a podcast with over 100,000 people listening. Is like, you know, I was a crooked cop and so are the fuckers that are still there. And this is how they do it. Right. I will tell you how they do it. I will tell you what to look for, what words and verbiage to look for in their report and how they can falsify warrants. Even told us how a prosecutor, as he said, I don't know that that's what she was doing, but it seemed to me that she was giving me the nudge, nudge, wink, wink. This is how you can get the warrant next time. So I think that's important for us to, for us to hold people accountable. And then for episodes like this, for, you know, to put those people on blast. The, the officers that are doing these things. But also somehow jury training has to get better, right? I oh mean, my God, yes, there's yes, just yes. no you people who listen to this podcast. I would love to have a truth and justice listener. If I was accused of something I didn't do, I would be so relieved to have a truth and justice mm-hmm. listener on my jury. Many people do not self-educate. They don't have time because they're working for their families mm-hmm. to put food on the table. There's all kinds of reasons they're old. Because they, you know, those are jurors who get picked. They don't know how to right. listen to a podcast. Like, how do we get that information to people who are tasked with hearing these cases out so that someone is listening like a Bob Ruff who's like, uh, actually, I do have a question. Like, I'm writing this down on my notepad right now. I just heard something suspicious about what this t- officer testified to. And I want to know more about that. And I want to be able to take that back to the jury. Like, how do we get our juries to be better educated? The the last time I had jury duty, I was thinking about this because they showed like a little five minute video about what it means to be a jury and a juror um, when we were in the selection, the jury selection room. And I thought it's like, you know what, what, I, what would be amazing is if as part of being a, a juror, once the jurors or jurors are selected, if there was there's enough wasted time in that courtroom that they could do this, like put together an educational like hour long video. That's well enough to number one, you're kind of held captive, but something that is that has input not just from the prosecution side, but from the defense side to to really like make people like you need to understand this person is innocent just because the police brought them in here. And just because the prosecutor's trying them does not in any way, shape or form make them guilty. They are innocent. They have to prove their case because that because no one's going to no one's going to sit back at home. And study to be a good juror in case the one day right. comes when they get juror duty. But if sure. you could, to me, if you if we could create an educational program and make it mandatory for once you are in the jury room and you are going to be a juror that 
there's a mandatory education that you have to get, even if it's just an hour or a half hour or whatever, before the process starts, I think I, le- I would hope would at least help. Absolutely. Uh, Rebecca also wants to know if you asked Jamel to come on the show as well. I didn't. I, I, I think I'd like to have Jamel on it sometime. But the thing is, Jamel's story is one of it's super inspirational. For me, if you're the kind of person that, that really believes in grace and forgiveness and redemption, I love those stories. I love what, what Jamel's been able to do and not just live in the hate and anger that most people would having gone through what he went through. But that's, that's all it is. Um, I, I, I specifically wanted Andrew on because I wanted to hear about the process. I wanted to hear how cops do it. I wanted to hear what makes a cop turn crooked. Uh, Jamel is maybe an, an interview subject for another day, but I was I had, I had a very specific motivation for having Andrew on. Got it. That no, and sense. I really like like I said earlier. I mean, I think this episode was important because of that information, not the story. Jamel's story is great, but it's the information, not the story. That's right, important. You know, and he touched on kind of that accountability, saying that you know some senior officer needs to step up and say this is not okay. You know, mm-hmm. Bob and I had dinner with a, a police chief a few months ago, and he talked about when he trains his crew that he says you have to do everything by the books because you have to expect that you're being recorded at all times. Right. And I think that's a big thing. Well, he talked a little bit about how like the podcast things and mm-hmm. like that's make he I, I used to say that, but he said he actually does teach his subordinate police officers that like, like do your job like someone's always recording you and they're going to put you on blast. I'm like. That's what we're here for. Like, yeah. like I, I want every police chief and every training officer and every police force everywhere is like, look, the days of you being able to get away with some shady shit are over. There's, there's a, there's a million assholes with cameras and microphones out there that are watching everything you do. So, you know, and I'm happy to be that asshole. Um, <laughs> but, but just, I want a shirt that says, to, I'm happy to be that asshole. Oh, I, you know, we need to get into the merch, merch game somehow. Mm-hmm. There it is. I'm happy to be that asshole. We've had some questions recently about merch, too. So I think that's something that we should we should uh, we'll talk about. Zach's already working on one T-shirt for us. OK, well, one thing that Erica is worried about is any further mention of Zap. And so or no, I'm sorry, that's Alexis, who is who supports ditching the Zap joke if you don't like it. So oh, I, I will care. say, OK, because I love nicknames like I love when people nickname me. It makes me feel like mm. they love me and we have an inside joke. But I will say for the record Zach, I will never call you Zap again if it truly makes you uncomfortable. Oh, we no, will Photoshop the hell out of that tat. But I mean it, <laughs> no, as, a, it as a term of endearment because I love nicknames. So <laughs> no, no. If it, anybody that really knows me knows that, that I love it. I love a good ribbing. I, I I think it's hilarious. So no, absolutely not. Keep it. I love my Zap. Okay, but uh, also <laughs> in some lighter fare, uh, Jennifer says she wants a bloopers episode with all the screw ups, bad ad reads, etc. She says. Sometimes we need those laughs. Do we have to be serious all the time? Um, so we Mike does sometimes when he has time put blue. The thing is, the follow up like we're I mean, we're a little new with Janet here, but we don't screw up much during the follow ups because we get the sillies out during the Patreon part. That's a good point. So like so that would be that would probably be the better place uh to get that. I mean, like I said, Mike does put bloopers in, but this is you know, this the the follow ups are you know they're they're organic they're conversational like the ed, there's very little edited out of and, the follow ups. And last week you know we we got silly last week but there was no bloopers because it was all in the episode like right, all us yeah, giggling yeah. and all that stuff was all in the episode so that, yeah that was was that the one that I was editing 
Uh, I don't, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, that's probably because I just didn't well, have it in me. Where, where you were asking about video purpose, games, and I kept saying me. that it was Mike's episode, and we kept teasing you about that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mike was here back last mm-hmm. week. But yeah, but yeah, most of that stuff does stay in here. But yeah, if you're looking for a little humor and more screw ups and like b- b- literal behind the scenes stuff, that's all in the Patreon uh, videos. The best one was when you got the turkey call stuck in your throat and <laughs> couldn't stop laughing, and it just kept being a turkey call as he was laughing. <laughs> it's with a little, I mean, that's you have to watch it. Was a little tur- diaphragm I was showing him during the file of the Patreon. Oh, I did not. And I started laughing, this. and I was like choking on it, and so it was making the turkey call. <laughs> anyway, that's classic. That's an instant classic. Yeah, yeah, that's the kind of high quality material you get on the. Uh, Basically, on the you Patreon get all you, we 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 do all the stupid stuff, and then the shame is what keeps us on track for the second mm-hmm. hour. You've shamed yourself into needing to be on point for that uh, right, right, actual right. Friday follow up. Uh, it's a great method. It's working really well for me so far. Um, <laughs> we can look at some more YouTube questions in a second. I know Erica. Um, I mentioned her before. I got uh, confused because she had said, you know, sometimes when we have these questions on the follow up. Um, would it be beneficial to have a guest who could help answer them? But that just possibly means you having to book another guest, and that might be stressful. So I'm wondering if... Maybe oh, that is that something from the YouTube? Yeah, yeah, someone just said like, oh, you know, a lot of these questions, maybe we, if you could ask the answers in real time. It's too hard for logistics to get that. I mean, it, it's a lot for us to even coordinate, you know, the, the three of us, so we need to make sure, make sure that we're on the same time. And if we've got to get somebody else, and most of the people that are our guests tend to work, like, and nor- like because we, we record these on Wednesday mornings uh, around noon, so people are working. So yeah, if, it, if it's somebody that I'm close with, there have been times where I might shoot a uh, shoot a text to him, like, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And I do that sometimes, but uh, but yeah, we can't. If we had to add in another person that we had to arrange, and then you know they wouldn't have the microphone set up to be able to record remote. There's a whole lot to it. So yeah, it's it's it just it sounds like a good idea, but it's just probably too much for us to do right now. Got it. Well, if we have more YouTube questions, I feel like, I mean, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I do feel like I've cycled through them in real time fairly well. So I don't think I missed too many uh, additional questions. But if people want to plug those in as we near the end of the episode, um, and while you guys do that, uh, maybe it'd be a good time for you to answer Lauren and Francia's questions about CrimeCon. They want to know when the schedule will be released for virtual ticket holders, and also if Bob's West Memphis 3 Memphis, Memphis. I've never heard the word before. If uh, there's a really fun screw up, how can I make it more fun? (laughs) If Bob's West Memphis three presentation will be included in the virtual option. Yeah. So as it turns out, it it looks like I'm going to be doing two presentations with two different guests or panelists um, with me, uh, both about the West Memphis three case. At CrimeCon. And my understanding is, yeah, all that will be available. I, th- I think the way it works is, you know, it's almost like Zoom links. So, like, it, each hour when something's happening, you can choose which ones you just, – just as though you were there. You can choose which sessions that you want to go to. That schedule, I don't know when exactly it will be out, but it's it's not out now because it's not finalized. Like, I'm still working with the CrimeCon people to get scheduling set that they're, you know, they're filling in time slots. But that that stuff will come out sometime very soon. Very cool. Uh, quick question from Erica, and I know I had this thought, too, uh, last week when Mike was telling his stories about you guys out on the road together. She asks, do your spouses ever get worried about the stuff that you have to go out and do as part of this at times? Um, Becky does 
to an extent she's I mean, you I were mean, also running into burning buildings before so yeah so that's it. what i was gonna say so so a little about becky her ex-husband uh was a a veteran and and like was like deployed in iraq years before me uh and then she's been with me through the, the years of me being a firefighter and going to buildings so yeah there, there's definitely some concern but she's becky's pretty good at just kind of compartmentalizing that like well bob's gonna bob takes care of things and he should he should be fine Whole other kind of hero being married to some to a first responder. I can't I mean, I have just as much respect, honestly, for people who are tasked with that. I it's amazing to me. That's yeah, a lot of strength. It, it takes a lot. And Zach only comes on the road with me if it's to, you know, like do fun things like go to CrimeCon and go to Las Vegas or Mexico. Yep. Which speaking of that, I've got I've actually got a lot of listeners asking if I'm going to CrimeCon because we've talked about, oh. hey, buy a ticket so Zach can go to CrimeCon. So I'm happy to announce that I'm going to CrimeCon. Nice! Yes. That's yeah. awesome. Zach, Zach is going to be there along with his lovely wife. And nice work, everybody. Wife. That's great. Yeah, Janet refuses to go and meet all of you. She doesn't like... I asked Unfortunately, her I go. will already be at a different con, weirdly, but true. Mm-hmm. In, uh, in Canada. Calgary. Right? I've never is, been to is Calgary. That, that is that is for Canada. sure. <laughs> for sure, is Canada. <laughs> <laughs> we had the whole Montana yes. Wyoming thing a couple weeks ago. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, true. we are. Holy cow! We've already done an hour of this. Time flies. Time flies with the three of us. <laughs> best. It's friends. true. It's We're the true. Three best friends. Mm-hmm. So, uh, pay attention to social media. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do just a live either on YouTube or Facebook for this week's follow-up. I just, I don't, I, I can't in my brain think about unplugging from the episode I'm writing to try to write something else for Sunday. And I can see by the giant list of questions in our chat right now that we didn't get to that I don't think we'll have any lack of content for that. And next week's follow-up, and Janet uh, is is gone going, she's... What you're doing it's another kind of con of some kind, right? Uh, yeah, well, it's a cruise. Cora con. It's a, a cruise. cruise. Um, it has nothing to do with Cora, but it is a lot of wonderful, <laughs> nerdy, funny people and musicians and stuff. And um, and yeah, there's like no internet. That's the best and worst thing about being on a boat. Is in my limited experience of doing these, is like I I would fully like commandeer a quiet area of the ship if there was any way I could actually be a part of the follow up. But uh, they're they're like you're never gonna get you won't even be able to hold a phone yeah. call I, I will i will i will share this with you guys for as far as janet's dedication so originally again this week was going to be the first week of season 12 and then she's like but that I, that one week i can't be at the follow-up and i would said well i think we'll, we will figure something out for it and she so badly didn't want to miss the first follow-up for the new season that she said and i quote i'm gonna talk to the ship captain and see if we can port <laughs> <laughs> on Wednesday, so I can get on land somewhere and try to find some internet. Unfortunately, also, it's a sea day. It is a sea day. It is a sea day. Yeah, and she's uh, but that's that's the kind of big deal she is. She's going to talk to the captain. Oh about my god! Can you imagine? Time. Can you imagine? <laughs> so I was like, please, now that I'm here, take me straight to the bridge. Yeah. Right. No. No. Uh, all right, so uh, yeah, look at social media because I, I I will probably honestly I'm probably gonna do the live thing. I may do it tonight because I also so we have Mike do ed, doing editing like in the evenings and stuff. So maybe easier if I do it tonight or seems like there's plenty of you guys available during the day. I don't know. Just keep a, keep an eye on social media. I'll let you guys know. Uh, Janet, thanks so much for all of your hard work and help. Zach, thanks for your hard work and help with 
Oh, especially with our technical difficulties that we had this morning. You're very welcome. I'm, I'm happy that I could be here and, and assist you through all of this. <laughs> right. You were been big help. Big help. All right. Uh, we love you guys, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys. Truth and Justice is an NBI Studios production and is distributed by Wondery. Produced and edited by Mike Bussing, and all music for the show is created and composed by PutThemInASong.com. Our follow-up logo was created by Zach Weaver, and all of our font across all of our logos and banners were created by Tate Krupa of Red Swan Graphic Design. You can find more of Tate's work on Etsy. Thank you to Katie Ross of CreatedInTandem.com for designing, creating, managing, and maintaining our website, Truth and Justice Pod, where you can view all photos and documents discussed in every episode. And a big thank you to our transcription team. Pamela Westby, Kathy McElhaney, Charlena White, Kay Wood Yamnick, Ginger Fiola, Edith Swanneck, Lindsay Pease, Erica Cantor, and Jen Reese Incandela. And as always, thank you to all of you for all of your engagement and support. If you like the show and you'd really like to support us, you can do so in a number of ways. To financially support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash truthandjustice. On the Patreon page, you can pledge as little as $3 a month, and we also have reward levels on Patreon that include access to behind-the-scenes videos of the tapings of our Friday follow-up episodes, ad-free versions of all of our episodes, Truth and Justice Army t-shirts and hats, and even the opportunity to co-host one of our Friday follow-up episodes. You can also help us out by going to iTunes and leaving us a 5-star rating and review. And lastly, you can always support us by supporting the companies that sponsor this program. If you have a new case that you'd like us to consider for future seasons, you can submit your cases on our website, Truth and Justice Pod. Just click the case submission button and fill out the form. And the most important thing that you can do is engage in the investigations. You can keep in touch with us through our email at theories at truthandjusticepod.com. You can like our Facebook page or join in on the conversation on the Truth and Justice Podcast fans page. For all of you tweeters, you can connect with us on Twitter at TruthJusticePod. To follow our personal accounts on social media, I can be found at BobRuffTruth. Mike can be found at Murb Gaming, M-U-R-R-B-G-A-M-I-N-G, and Zach is at Z to the Q. And don't forget that we always have our 24-7 voicemail line open for questions, comments, and tips on our cases. That phone number is 269-224-2833. However you do it, stay engaged, stay in touch. But as for now, we're signing off. I'm Bob Ruff. I'm Zach Weaver. And I'm Mike Bussing. And this has been Truth and Justice. bunch of questions from you guys and there was something else i was gonna say but uh i guess we'll get to it right after this quick commercial break that. what that the sound like you've only it. just heard of commercials <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> started doing something what, they're calling a commercial breaks on the show <laughs> waiting on a tax return hopefully it ends up in your hands Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. 
And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.